We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers with a walk-off touchdown! The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak. Going through what seems to be another Packers loss, another close Packers loss, um, with my lovely co-host Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well, considering the circumstances. Um, the Packers cannot win in Pittsburgh. No, they certainly can't. There's no. they they couldn't even overcome the this what now fifty three year drought of winning in Pittsburgh. So they'll probably have to wait at least another. Fifty-six, fifty-seven, maybe their best chance next. Yeah, yeah more or less. Yeah. Um, quick disclaimer: the front of the episode for you guys. I had a wonderful wedding or time at the uh, Evan Damarell wedding. Congrats to Evan and his lovely wife in Cleveland this weekend. So, as a result, my voice is shot. So, <laughs> I apologize if I sound a little different. So. But getting into that, I was able to get home today and watch the Packers lose 23 to 19 to the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, as we had just mentioned. Um, Jordan and I are gonna talk a little offense defense um pretty much in order as we go through the game today. But I guess frankly, first things first, I thought the offense 
I mean, for the most part, given the expectations of this team, Jordan, knowing that it's not going to be a playoff year, we're kind of seeing, we're looking for some development across the board. I thought that the uh, offense played pretty well today. I don't think anybody would should be against that because like last week, we looked at just how they're moving the ball. Like the, there's two ways to look about the Packers offense this year. They have not been able to move the ball without Aaron Jones in those that stretch of games where they just this go on this crazy slide. Last two weeks, they moved the ball. Execution errors have plagued them. Last week it was turnovers, what have you. This week it was more <laughs> turnovers did come in into play late, but also they get down in the red zone and just kind of nothing happens. One for five in the red zone today, which for a team that has a lot of offensive problems this year, they've been largely good in that range. Yeah. And the fact that we talked about it going into this Pittsburgh game, Steelers are a good defense in terms of takeaways, but you can certainly get, you know, move on them. And that is how they've been able to kind of play this high risk gambit of, well, for us turnovers, but we can also get burned on drives or whatever. It just may not be like big plays. Um, I, I I liked a lot of what we saw from the Packers offense. I really, you look at Jordan Love's box score in particular, and you see, okay, 21 for 40. Um, same inaccuracy issues, inefficiency, kind of stuff like that. I didn't think that was much of a problem until late, where... Unfortunately, that is where the game was being decided. And it's like, okay, you have two drives in the last five minutes where you have a chance to get down the field, and it just wasn't there. But I I did think, for the most part, his game was largely the good things that happened today were the stuff that has dogged him all year long. The guy was uncorking these deep shots down the field, hitting Jaden Reed, trying to connect with Christian Watson, didn't really do so. Romeo Dobbs got him for a good touchdown to start the, uh, start the Packers scoring today. I really liked what we saw from Jordan Love. I just think, you know, the same inconsistency or, you know, the things that were working well for three quarters wasn't working when it mattered most to kind of seal the victory. Yeah, I think that that says it pretty well. The Packers receivers today um, – 289 total yards as we had talked about with Jordan Love's stat line 84 for Jaden Reed 64 for Luke Musgrave 51 for Dontavion Wicks 31 for Romeo Dobbs um those four in order had long receptions this uh in this game of 46 36 32 and 20 which exemplifies your point perfectly he was throwing deep balls fairly well and it's not like a lot of those were really big yard after catch throws either um, Jaden Reeds was dropped in beautifully over his shoulder in double coverage. Like it was, it just looked so good. And that was something we hadn't seen pretty much all year. Um, Romeo Dobbs touchdown was put in a perfect spot where only he could catch it. Like another really good throw. And I think that was really exciting to see to see, rather than see him overthrow those balls. Like he overthrew Christian Watson, I think once or twice, but I think we do have to have a Christian Watson just Christian Watson discussion at some point this episode, as as a lot of Packer fans ha- already have on Twitter today and at one point, 
Christian Watson's dad also has popped up. Oh, that's, that's never a good sign. No, it's not. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. He looked good for um for the most part through the first three and a half quarters. And then once it came down to crunch time, you could tell they were starting to get a little frantic with the ball. Um, but even then he made some good throws off balance. Like I think it was either Jaden Reed or Dontavian Wicks late in the game where um Love had his his feet hit or I'm sorry, he was moving in the pocket and got tripped and like threw off balance and had a wicked arm angle to it. I'm pretty sure it was Wicks that came back to the ball. Yes. And made a great throw. Like, isn't it an advised throw? Probably not. But he made it and I think that's just part of what we'll have to live with with Jordan Love as we lived with forever with Aaron Rodgers for a while is that I think since he was under his tutelage for three years, I think he really nailed down those um, different throwing slot angles that Aaron Rodgers became a, Aaron Rodgers became a pretty good perfectionist at. So that's cool to see him pick up on it and utilize it for the most part. But I'd like to see him just make the regular over the like overhand throws before we start getting sidearms and everything in there. But yeah, only uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions, both of which came in uh, crunch time. The Christian Watson Four interception. Yeah, well, I guess the first Christian Watson interception in the corner where Patrick Peterson swatted and Keanu Neal uh, intercepted it. That's just and a got tough, hurt. Yeah, and then got hurt. But like, that's just a tough play. Like, you can't be mad at that. It could have been. I think if anything, I think if anything, any problem that someone would have is that why are you doing that in double coverage? And why but also like you could have let Taylor down. Yeah, I mean, I would have to go back to what situation because I think that was like a third and those second short. Down, I think I'll, I'll double Is that third. Check. And, okay, um, I got you. I'm looking, but um, yeah, I, I I just thought the way that Love was just kind of from the get go. I thought he really my biggest fear going into this game knowing how the Steelers defense was or has operated this year is that, okay, if you're looking for those big plays, this Packers offense doesn't really have that. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was my worry. And then to see him finding these darts or these openings of windows that have been there, but he hasn't really connected on for more weeks than not this year. He just found guys in good spots and it really, really worked with this team for what two and a half, three quarters or whatever it was. Yeah. When he looked good, he just looked really good. Um, yes. But yeah, that play was on second, second and nine um, with three twenty to go in the fourth. So try and scramble a bit or just throw it away and live to see another two downs. Like you're, you're in four down territory at that point. Cause you have to score a touchdown. Um, if you're running two more plays getting down, it's like probably ish a two minute warning. So I don't mind the play call. I just think that the, uh, the decision itself from love, which is what we had talked about, right? Like we wanted to see some development. We saw it today with those long throws. The next development is getting away from those, uh, those more risk th- risky throws this early in his career to the point where it could be detrimental and could cost you the game. Cause yeah. if you think about it, if they decide to kick the field goal, there, probably not the best choice. If, if they go like the fourth down, like you probably should be going for the field, like the touchdown there, but say they do kick the field goal to make it twenty two twenty three, and then twenty two twenty, right? 
No, it was, it was 1920. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. That's right. Yep. So they make it 22 23, and the same result happens on defense where they push them to um, three and out essentially. Or, I'm sorry, six and out, 17 yards on, on that one. But um, then push the field like they did at the end of the game, and they have a chance to win it with one last play and they keep that field goal. It's it, hindsight's 2020, right? But yeah. Um, that's just the decision we need to see Jordan Love make make a better decision with. Like, don't try and force it in there because that would definitely was a, a forced throw, and just try and throw it away or take the the scramble and pick up a couple yards. Um, Packers offense six point one four yards per play today, which would be the highest since the Eagles game last year, where Jordan Love infamously came in for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So that speaks to the point that we're making with this offense of like they were moving the ball. The AJ Dillon, I mean, we've been talking about Jordan Love in the passing game. AJ Dillon was the team's leading rusher today, nine carries, 70 yards, rattled really off well. a really well. How long was that? 40, 40 yard run. Treat him and Aaron Jones, he was the more productive back today. And obviously, wouldn't you know, one of your yards go or one of your carries goes 40 yards, you're going to be the more productive well, back, but even that too he had a, a a run in the middle of the fourth quarter early fourth quarter where the entire line was going right and like moses parted the seas of <laughs> of blockers and he i'm not Quadzilla. kidding there was nobody in front of him and he went to go yeah. plant and just like the grass gave out on him and he slipped um oh he, yes i know dj, DJ yeah. watt comes up and gets him from behind for like a three four yard gain but that could have been another huge run that he broke off, but just unfortunate slippage. <laughs> slippage. <laughs> what, what a phrase. Yeah, um, he was in the pool. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if I'm upset at the Aaron Jones usage today. Um, he had 13 carries and six targets in the passing game. So 19, I guess, uses in the offense. Um a little less than or a little more than 50 yards total from scrimmage. I just think he wasn't all that effective today in mostly part because the had a drop too. Yeah, had a bad drop. Um, but I think just besides that 40 yard break that AJ Dillon had, if you take that one away, he had 30 yards from on the ground. Like the the Steelers rushing defense today was pretty darn good. Um Keanu Benton up front, the Wisconsin rookie, was really good today. Like I I'm Struggling to think of a better rookie currently playing that that is playing at Keanu Benton's level. Maybe because I'm on five hours of sleep and rode on a plane today. But Keanu Benton has played some outstanding football today. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he made some pretty significant noise in a defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, like all rookie stuff. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I to your point, I thought. I think there this would be a game where oh why isn't Aaron Jones featured more in the game? And it's like to your point, nineteen touches kind of shows that he was. It wasn't great. It was Interman, which is the problem. It was Interman, which is always the problem with just how it's divvied up and everything like that. But AJ Dillon was effective as the kind of spellback. I don't know. It's. That's where it, it 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 was really it was a close game. All it was back and forth. How many lead changes were there? Uh, three. The Steelers. Three? 
The Steelers had the lead for the most of the game. Packers. Oh, that's it. true. Yeah. Packers took it 19-17, and then Steelers took it back and didn't give it up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just I. I don't know. I'm not. That is not high on the list of gripes that I would have. The Aaron Jones of, usage. Yeah, because it's like yeah. it. it My if only, anything, it would. Go ahead. If anything, it would be the intermittent play that you brought yeah. up. Of just like. There was there were spells where we were just like, okay, now where's Aaron Jones? Yeah. Which it it's not entirely like a Matt LaFleur problem, I think, this game. I think it's because like there were some successful drives in the passing game that we really need the running game that was like um at that point. But yeah, I, I, at times it just did feel like they're using AJ Dillon as their primary back, even though AJ Dillon did have more carries. It just it just felt like there were some pretty significant absences. Um in Aaron Jones's time playing today. Um especially in the reds. I mean, going back to the red zone when you're one for five and you're not using I think that'll be an interesting thing to go back and see in those plays of like how Aaron Jones factor in that if he was even on the field because AJ Dillon could have been on that series or whatever. That's a good transition into the next uh point I wanted to talk about, which was the line today, I think, played very well in the pass protection game. I think they did a pretty bad job blocking in space. John Runyon Jr. himself, um, I guess I shouldn't say the entire line, but I'm picking on John Runyon Jr. here because um, the the post-game video analysis has not been kind to him. He had a, a, a he pulled on a block to the left and got absolutely demolished by an off-ball linebacker that blew up a running play for Aaron Jones. Um, late in the, I think in the fourth quarter, Aaron Jones had a ball out in the flat that Jordan Love had thrown. He catches it, goes to turn up field. John Runyon Jr. just absolutely gets destroyed by Landon Dude. Roberts and yeah. like slows down Aaron Jones to where if he doesn't slow down Aaron Jones, he walks in for a touchdown. But instead, he has to break a tackle, and then Keanu Benton comes over and tackles him for like a two-yard gain. And if they score a touchdown there, they go up uh, 26, I think, maybe 25. I think it was 1923 still at that point. So regardless of it all, it's a four-point swing that they, or no, that was what, it was the field goal they kicked to make it 19. So they go up, yes. Yeah, so it would have been 16, 17. They would have been up 23 to 17. And this would have, been, would have been in a better spot um, as a football team. But yeah, he, John Runyon Jr., I expect to not have a really good grade um, coming out of PFF this week. And I think that's part of the problem is just that we talked about, I think, pre pod, and maybe I've said it already, I forget, um, that the, the Packers as a team can't string together wins right now on offense. They do so many things well for play, for two plays, maybe even a drive to get a score but then they always figure out a way to really just kick themselves in the ass right and this came to came to the helm at Anders Carlson getting his uh extra point blocked on the touchdown that would have made it 14 to 17 when I was rewatching the game Josiah DeGuara for all you Bucks fans out there pulled a Malik Beasley where his controller turned off on that extra point ball was snapped he didn't move and by the time the edge rusher on the extra point uh, attempt was already around him, he had like shoved him in like the left shoulder pad 
to basically like the outside shoulder pad to nope, I'm sorry, inside <laughs> the inside shoulder pad as he's going to block it and just doesn't even put any effort in. And I think yeah. like that's the the worst like thing in my mind Josiah Deguar can do. Because if you're not giving effort into blocking, then what are you doing? Like, I know it's, it's an extra point and it kind of gets lackadaisical once in a while, but it's like your entire role in this team and offense is to like half pass block and to just be a special teamer. Mm-hmm. And you can't do only one of those when your role is that limited. Like, it, it's just tough knowing that he has to be on the team with Musgrave and Kraft being rookies, but I'm just kind of, I've said it once, I'll say it again, I'll probably say it more times the rest of this year. I'm over the Josiah Deguar experience. I'd rather kind of anybody else. Like, get, what's his what's his name? The fella, Sims. Like, put Sims ben in Sims, there. Yeah. yeah. Put Ben Sims in there over Josiah Deguar. Like, it doesn't pay to cut him because he's like a million dollar contract, but at least give other guys a chance to show their usefulness in, in uh, some spots like that. Yeah, it was not great. That highlight uh, or low light, I should say, was not particularly great. Um, yeah, I just think to the overall point of the offense never really stringing together a, a perfect game or, you know, uh, a just, a, per- just just a run of plays, like, a, like yeah. a, a solid quarter of quality football. Quarter, half, you know, building it up where since the Bears game, we just have not seen that kind of overwhelming level of offensive competency production. Um, and it's tough. I mean, it, it comes with a developing team, but it's not like they were, it, it, this is a different thing that's going on of like, we've seen these games before. This reminded me of, the Falcons game or the Raiders game or whatever. But the difference is in terms of like, oh, they're not even just moving the ball based on like what it would be in the Raiders game or whatever. They're moving the ball. They're getting their chances. Like there's stuff there that is working for this team to get down the field and putting themselves in a position to, at the very least, score field goals that kept them in this game and even gave them a, a fourth quarter lead. Um if we could transfer to this Christian Watson conversation, it's like, I I mean, I think we're at the point where it's like, I don't know how he's, his usage started last year of this kind of gadget wide out guy. That's going to be, we're going to work him side to side, give him some end arounds, reverses, whatever to then him breaking out into this eight, eight touchdown scoring machine in the last half of the of the year and thinking like oh that guy is primed for a breakout role this year even with a different quarterback that can is going to grow with him in the future and everything like that and now it's like it just feels like christian watson is this almost gunner whatever uh <laughs> of Hey, we just want you to do one thing and you're going to do it really well, but you're not doing well. And it's like he has seven targets today, two catches for 
Oh, I believe all on the first drive too. Yeah, so it was, it, it was the, very. He he was the first catch of the game, and then I think he was the first uh, first down conversion of the game. Yes, two catches, twenty three yards, long for fourteen. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, if I could look this up, if you want to transfer, or if you want to go over your thoughts of Christian, I, just, I think I have a I, handy stat. I just think that you're right in that they seem to be only using him as like a fast guy, but I think he just has a lot of work to do yet as a, as a developing wide receiver. He doesn't really go up and get balls. He has a pretty tough time on contested catches this year. Um, Zach Cruz pulled up a, pulled a stat disagreeing with the fact that he's like an Al Davis type of just fast wide receiver kind of player. Last year, he went 9-12 on contested catches and was good on third and fourth down. And this year, we're just not seeing that. Like, I just, I, if he's not getting separation, like he might be getting separation on some balls and then that's Jordan Love's fault of not hitting him when he's open like that. But I feel like anytime he's in the red zone, his use gets extremely limited. He doesn't have the ability to get open in less than 20 yards of space because he doesn't have the room out of the back of the end zone to run. And maybe that's a, a scheme issue, but I think that's a few times now that we've seen it that Jordan or that Christian Watson just can't get enough separation to really make an impact in the red zone, which when you're a receiver up his speed and caliber shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be a, a streak towards the back of the end zone. It should be crossing routes to get him open over the middle of the end zone. I don't think I've really seen a lot of that being ran in the first place, which again is a either is, is both a scheme problem and just a, a utilization problem of his assets or of, of, of his skill set, I should say, but also just his ability to go with the ball. Like that's my, my biggest thing is just he seems unwilling or incapable of going up and getting a ball this year. To that point, are you ready? Christian Watson's rookie year. Uh, this is courtesy of Next Gen Stats on the NFL.com website. He had an average, tar- his average targeted air yards were 14.1. He had a catch percentage of 62.12. So 62% of the time he's catching however many of his targets. Yep. This year, Average targeted air yards per game, 17. His catch percentage is 42.4%. Yeah, it's a big dip. 
but I think that is that is a uh, there's multiple things that you could say. The difference between Aaron Rodgers, even Aaron Rodgers last year, which we acknowledge was not the best deep ball thrower, to Jordan Love this year, who was has not been the best deep ball thrower. <laughs> and to your point, he's just not winning 50-50 balls. And that comes with not being <laughs> thrown uh, balls that are he can catch. But I do think it, it's a yin and yang kind of situation of that is a very significant drop that you can't just attribute to, well, this guy's just not winning it. Yeah, I mean, like that's all he does. They're pushing him more down the field more. And that's where the lion's share of his targets have been. That he's just really he's more of this vertical threat that in in theory helps the other guys like Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave get all the targets that they want. Increasingly Dontavian Wicks, who I think has been really starting to break out in a very consistent way that is really nice to see. Yeah, I think he's going to start getting a lot more playing time. A lot more. Yes. Um, But Christian Watson just like this. It's good in a very spacing kind of threat that you have in terms of scheming and game plan, like putting a shooter next to Giannis or, you know, very role player-esque, but he's not supposed to be this role player. He's supposed to be the guy that we're looking at, hey, that's the next number one guy. That is why it's a different kind of conversation with Romeo Dobbs um, in the same way, but Watson's more of this, we see the tools, we see the athleticism, we see everything, and to just be pigeonholed as this guy that, hey, go run deep, catch ball and it it not working repeatedly kind of just shows how unimaginative his role is at this point where hopefully it can change in a way that can really get him off the schneid because it's really it's been a a season to forget for him and probably of the many disappointments that have followed the packers he's probably the high uh, like top 3 for me this year i mean yeah i don't see how it can really be Anyway, anywhere else, or any anybody else, I should say. But for context, uh, you'd mentioned his his catch percentage through and um his catch percentage and his yards per reception uh rate or I guess number. He's played a third of the games as he did last year. It's so far he played in fourteen games last year. He played in five, I think six counting today. I don't think Pro Football Reference has his his uh game oh, yeah. today. Uh, yeah. But he's almost to to half of his games played last year. So it's not like it's some small sample size. And he's at nearly a quarter of his receptions on nearly half of his targets. So it just hasn't really been there. And yeah, some of it some of that is attributed to Jordan Love's uh development, not being able to hit him on the deep ball, but looking at um, a quick glance of Christian Watson's. Um, oh, I, I wish they had all this stuff. My apologies. I thought they would have had every one of his games um, this year for Christian Watson on next gen stats, but they only have two. The week five game, I believe, which was against the Lions, right? No, week five was Raiders. 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 And then week eight, which against 10. 
I'm struggling here too now. The Vikings. Yeah. Yes. And both of them don't feature a route in which he caught a ball between the hash marks. Like he had some a lot of a lot of straight looking routes in this, Jordan. And that's a lot of the problem. A couple, <laughs> a couple curl routes and out, one out route, but it's a lot of vertical. And not even like vertical in that it's a post oh. route over the middle. Are you looking at it? I am well, I just found another stat. Okay. Passer rating when targeted. Are you yeah, ready for this? I, I, I saw it. You just saw it? No, 47.9. Yeah, I saw it on pro, on pro, pro, pro football reference when I was looking at those stats. Yeah. That's that's pre-Steelers game, too. I'm looking at PFF on this. So that is probably going to be worse. Probably be worse. But, I, like again, I, I'm not blaming him all on that because a lot of it yes. has been overthrows. Like, there's been a lot of overthrows Christian Watson's way. Like, that is... That is for sure. And you can't blame him for that. Um, the only thing that I kind of like, I want to have a whole discussion on it, but I was disappointed at some points. And I think I've seen it at other points as well, where Christian Watson like stops running yes. almost like as the ball gets there. <laughs> but even like, like on overthrows is like the issue too. Like there was one today he missed on an overthrow or Jordan missed on an overthrow. And I saw like Christian Watson like jogging at the end of it. It's just like, okay. I'd rather he just like go full sprint and try and get don't there. Be, like he's don't fast. be Claypool. Don't right. be in Claypool territory. But um, yeah, like I want him to do good. Like I, I think he has value. I just think he needs to be utilized better as well as just coming down with contested catches. And that that's just kind of it. Like we don't have a wide receiver one on this team right now. And I think that's pretty evident. Um, and Jordan Love would agree. Yeah. And from there, it I think the offense is doing a good job of spreading it, spreading it around. Like I, I said it, I think after last week's game or the before the preview of this game, that I got too too uh, full of my britches with the 2011 comparison offense comparison yes. yeah. between Jaden Reed and Greg Jennings and Randall uh, Cobb, Randall Jordan Cobb. Nelson, yeah, all of them, all, yeah. Them, all of them. Um, but like today is a is an example. Now adding Dontavian Wicks into the mix, that there there is a, a base here somewhere, Jordan, and that's the problem. Luke Musgrave had a good day, like we talked about earlier. Combined, Jaden Reed eighty four yards, Luke Musgrave sixty four, Dontavian Wicks fifty one, Romeo Dobbs thirty one on touchdown. Like there, there's there's talent here, and. Once they can string together wins throughout a game and find ways to win, like that's that's another takeaway from this game today is that they're just again young enough to where they're having a hard time finding ways to win. That's that's all there is to it. Like that's the John Runyon play we talked about earlier. That's Jordan Love, Deguara. That's the uh, Jordan Love needing to understand the context of the game doesn't need a touchdown right there. Like it on that play is my point. So. They're they're growing. I think we saw a lot of good development from the specialists today. Um, run blocking is getting better. Like holes were opening up, they're just getting filled quite quickly, in my opinion. Uh, pass blocking was good today. Like TJ Watt was around, but he didn't have a he he didn't have a huge impact on the game. Like we thought he would have yes. getting multiple sacks. I think he had just one sack, and that wasn't even a Zach Tom problem. I watched that sack over and over again because I was like, okay, TJ Watt got there and he was the guy who got credit for the sack. 
the entire defensive line was in Jordan Love's lap. Like yeah. the the entire offensive line got beat. Rasheed Walker got beat by um, Highsmith. Uh, Keanu Benton beat all three guys up the middle. Like it was just the entire defensive line was in Jordan Love's lap, and he just got sacked. Like that's not a bad sack. It's just it's just a sack. And so, other than that, he only got sacked once for six yards. That's that sack. Um, we don't have the numbers on the hits and pressures and hurries and everything, but I mean, looks it was like a relatively clean game. TJ Watt had two QB hits. Keanu Ben had two, and Alex Highsmith had two or had one. So five total across forty pass or pass attempts. That's good. Yeah. So it's coming together as a line. I think Rashid Walker is going to be like an okay left tackle. I'd imagine if uh, push comes to shove in the draft, and they're probably picking in the six to seven range, they're probably picking a left tackle. So hopefully they can get a stud there. I'm going to pass it off to you because I think I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. They, they, Jordan Love had plenty of time today. He had, which is also, it's both good and bad thing. Um, I thought the line played very well, capable. Like there were lapses, but when you're going into a game where TJ Watt is the leading, now the leading sack man in the NFL, um, I thought it, that was going to be a bigger problem than it actually ended up being. Um, yeah, I, th- I think again, our assumption that it was going to be a problem is correct, though. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, the offense again. It's it, a, a lot of it was just execution. It did not help that it was a magnifying glass of a fourth quarter of like, okay, you score, you take the lead, you score, you win the game kind of thing. Yep. And they just have not been able to, outside of the Saints game, been able to ha- find that answer. I also, quick shout out to Keyshawn Nixon is starting to, whatever A.J. Dillon's been doing, he's doing the same way, where of like, there are a lot more return opportunities. It wasn't just like, hey, Keyshawn Nixon's taking it out of the negative eight-yard line in the end zone. He had to take out a lot of returns, and of course, he seems to do his magic when it's right out of halftime, and he rattles off a forty-five or forty-nine yarder. I think it was today to put Packers at like halfway through the field. To, to be devil's advocate and just call it all wise, all I see it, it's because there wasn't a lot of like touchbacks lately. Like, I'm not seeing like huge booming kicks out of the back of the end zone. From they must have kicked in the wind or something because it was. I don't think there's any touchback or any. There was one that... today. There was just one. I'm pretty certain that there was like one touchback from Boswell. Oh, okay, yeah. But, he's kind um, of a, he's kind of an older kicker too, so it might be a Mason Crosby leg strength kind of thing with him. All I think Chris Boswell is by the same age as I am. I don't think so. Thirty one. Thirty two. Oh, that's old. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Keisha Nixon today, five returns for 139 yards. Um, His longest was the 49 yard at the beginning of the third quarter, as you had mentioned, um, averaging 27.8. So um, he had a, he had one bad one that wasn't really like my forte. 
but if he makes up for it in other ones where he gets 50 yards, I'm willing to let him take it out. Like I'm pretty, I don't want to say he's leading the, leading the NFL in like what would be pro bowl voting for that position. But I got to imagine he's probably one of the only ones up there. I don't know if you're looking up like average turn rate or something like that, but. Um, look it up. Yeah. I just think once they learn how to win and string some of these things together, it, it'll be a better time um, for what it's worth. The Packers um, in the fourth quarter, like play wise, they had um, three plays, four plays in the, uh, in at the end of the third quarter, my apologies at the end of the third quarter, first and 10, um, a rush, an incompletion, and then a, uh, a pass over the middle that there was a illegal formation on Zach Tom for. They initially didn't get the first down. Mike Tomlin asked then to get or accepts the penalty. So it's third and 11. Um, the dumb lateral play was very stupid. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. I hated that the, for the moment. The third, that was third and 11, a pass out in the, uh, like a bubble screen to Dante Vion Wicks, who then throws it all the way across back to the field to Aaron Jones. Where it, it's just too cute for this offense. Like, it, was, I don't know. it was not the right play call. Right. That, so then, that was maybe my so, biggest gripe with play calling today. So that play was the first play of the fourth quarter. And then, yes. so great start to it. And then the, the punt, um, six plays in a punt, six plays in an interception, and then seven plays in the interception. Like, the, the six plays in the punt had 13 total yards. They had 60 yards on the first interception, 65 on the second. But it came down to the end results of those drives, and that's where it needs to be, to be better. They, they started the, the second drive, or the first full drive of the fourth quarter well, converted a third down then it goes to fourth and seven incomplete pass to tucker craft makes it fourth and seven they punted away so they'll get there they'll get there all in all it was a it was a not a like grind of a um offensive showcase today like it was excuse me in that four game slide where like just watching the offense was literally painful yeah Um, excruciating should we move on to the defense? Yes, another excruciating unit in a predictable way. Yeah. Uh, the defense kind of played up to how we've known them to play the entire <laughs> year and what we came in for expectations. Uh, 36 rushes from Jalen Warren and Najee Harris for 205 yards with 16 yards from Kenny Pickett and Six yards from Calvin Austin mixed in there. Uh, 15 carries for Jalen Warren, 16 for Jalen. Uh, or Yeah, I'm sorry. 15 carries for Jalen Warren, 16 for Najee Harris. So pretty evenly split. Both of them broke off big, big runs of 24 and 20 uh, yards. Like they were pretty much having their way in the run game today. Uh, Jalen Warren averaged six yards, almost seven to carry. Najee Harris averaged 5.1, and it felt like it. Like, there was very rarely a time where they were just getting stuffed at the line. There's There are some times where they, where they didn't gain a yard. Like, there was some times where they, they had a hole stuffed up, but golly, there was just... You don't want to talk about Moses spreading the blockers into Promised Land? 
that is what the Steelers offensive line was doing to the Packers offensive line today. It was it was a bad showing from the D line and the linebackers to not be able to stop a run. Yeah, I'm very happy, not happy, but I'm very um glad I my what I thought was a shot in the dark of keying up on Jalen Warren uh felt very prescient. Yeah, he was a problem. Najee Harris for whatever fantasy gripes people may have about him, Numak included. Um really, really productive today. You mentioned it. It it starts with the uh battering the Packers front line took today repeatedly. That just that's gonna happen when you give up 205 yards of rushing, um, which has happened what this is the third time this year, maybe fourth. I'd have to go back in the game logs, but it just felt very predictable. 12, 12 of uh, the Steelers, 21 first downs, which three of them were made from penalties. So 18 were from rushes. Briefly, I thought the penalties were okay this year or this week. Like they yes, were. Yes, it's more, it's more respectable. Yeah. yeah like pe- penalties will happen. Yeah. There's there's a couple of like bad ones that extended drives, but not nearly as bad as it's been. Yeah. Five five uh penalties for 32 yards. Um yeah, again, it, it, we came into this game knowing that okay, the Steelers are, are not a kind of run and gun or this lights out offensive you know, just throwing it down the field that they don't have the quarterback for that, frankly, but they had a very dynamic backfield that can really keep them in control of the game, get the ball downfield. And then it's just a matter of executing when you get in short field situations and Jalen Warren, my God, like the guy is that guy he's is so good. He's, he's so, so good. good. He, that they, he, <laughs> they find these, they find, I think that's the thing about Najee Harris is like he was a very first rounder, if I'm correct. Probably the first running back off the board in whatever draft that was. But the Steelers, like they find they can find like or pick the, those types of guys of like these, you know, a guy from a blue blood, high power five kind of. It's Alabama. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's obvious everybody's been watching it because. They're one of the best teams in the in the country, but they f- always find these like diamonds in the rough of like Jalen Warren types of that just go on to at least with the Steelers go on to have really productive seasons and make differences in very palpable ways. I just thought it was, it was super obvious like how he could just burn this through this Packers defense because we both. We, as much as we were giving them kudos the last two weeks, we also know, hey, you're going against very limited or backfields that aren't featuring their best running backs. That all changes when you face against guys that can get that can scoot. Yeah, and and I think that's where it was like it's not it it wasn't a mirage per se. It was more of just like these are the contextual factors of why the Packers are really good the last two weeks and not letting the run, you know, stampede all over them. And then today happens and it was literally the lifeblood to this game up for the Steelers where 
I just thought every run, I mean, they averaged 5.7 yards per rush. So every two out of one out of every two rushing plays is going to result in a first down, essentially. So, yeah, they, they got everything that they wanted out of. Um, and more. And more. And it just shows that, you know, the stat of a couple games back of the Packers face more run plays than any other team in this league. It just kind of shows you the way that we talk about how this Packers defense can be successful. It's automatically neutralized by the fact that, hey, we know we can run down your throats. And, yeah, you can have Rashawn Gary. You can have Preston Smith, all these great pass rushers, and that's the linchpin to your defense and how you can you know, terrorize and maybe make, you know, generate some takeaways, which they almost did. Today. Twice. 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 Um, like, like that was the biggest thing is that they, they had opportunities for takeaways and Keyshawn Nixon gets his toe and that's the interception. And if the refs call that lateral as a lateral and not an incomplete pass, that's another, that's another it's like turnover. Like they, they were yeah. close on these, on these plays today where they should have had somewhat viable turnovers. And they just weren't like falling for the Packers, which again, I think that's just part of the season. It's going to be a, a growing pain throughout the the time because that's just how it is, unfortunately. But yeah. man, alive, it was it was tough sledding just to be in that scenario, which is like, okay, oh, oh, we got we're, we're turning the tide, we're turning the tide, we're turning the tide, and then have it that not be the case. So yeah, oh, you're just hoping that it just turns out better sometime soon and that they do get those turnovers like they have been in, in past weeks but yeah it was we, we like we, we've seen success in the secondary for the last couple weeks i should say like against brett ripian and um now kenny pickett like kenny pickett 14 of 23 126 yards no touchdowns no interceptions um a qbr of 24.3 like that's not good and no so- which is funny if you look at Jordan Love's QBR is actually higher than his passer rating today. Yeah. Which is uh, crazy. A little aside. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the thing is that like they're not gonna make Kenny Pickett throw the ball. Or they they like they don't have to make Kenny Pickett throw the ball when they can have whatever they want in the running game. And that was kind of like almost similar to last week. They had some breakaways from Joe Henderson and some folks on the the Rams, but they were a depleted running back room. You can't expect that same result against two running backs that are having Pro Bowl type of years as a running back by committee, essentially. And so they have to learn, they have to find a run stopper. And it's hard to do that when you can't even develop guys into becoming run stoppers either. Like, that's just kind of the issue. I know at the early point in the game, I made a note that the broadcaster had said that like all of their running players are going off the right side. It's like, okay, so what are you seeing over there that isn't that that's making this that easy and so yeah it it, it was just tough the the d-line like i saw uh kenny clark absolutely like, whiff on a sack today where he just like ran right by kenny pick i think he got like pushed. yeah but like it was it was weird my my point i've made the last few weeks and i don't mean to be the sort of stickler and dickhead about one of the packers star players but Rashawn gary again today like has a number of pressures. He was in the backfield so often. Um, I'm trying to see if they have they don't have pressures on ESPN Live, but I see one quarterback hit 
Right. Sean but, Gary. Probably probably the quietest yeah. he's been all year. It's I not even say. that he was quiet. He had uh, he got home today and then had penalized or like taken away. Something like that. Yes, I, something I, like I, that. I had it in my notes or something, but again, he just like he just has to be able to get there sooner. And I like Rashawn Gary. Um, I think he's a good player. I just think he needs to be able to get uh home and he just isn't right now. Um, it was in the fourth quarter. Rashawn Gary uh, didn't finish the sack um on a short screen that went to Najee Harris, but it was still no gains. So it wasn't a problem. So it's like a not it's not like a lot of these have like huge detrimental like results to the game, but it's the point of the game. I've said this, I said this last week. It's the point of the game is to sack the quarterback and as a defensive player. And when they're not doing that, but you're getting there, you're having an impact on the game, but he needs to be having a bigger impact on the game to start creating negative plays to get them off the field. And they got off the field a lot in the second half, like after they went up a 14 to seven um, or 17 to seven, my apology. Uh, they only let up two more field goals. Like that's good, but you need to start give like pushing that field back for them so you can get a better field position for your offense. And I'm not going to blame the defense for the offense today because the offense was good, but you can't blame the defense for not stuffing holes and stopping the run, which they did not do it all today. Yep. Also good to note that they were without Quay Walker and Jair Alexander who didn't practice at all this week, I believe. Shoulder injury after his back injury, which is unfortunate. And Quay's got his lingering growing issue, which has forced him out the last two games. Yeah, I, I guess that's the thing of, you know, <laughs> this part of the problem, too, is that we, we have to acknowledge that, you know, Packers have just not been healthy for really safer couple like games. One, this year it was most. like one game. It was the uh, the Vikings game. Yes, it was. Yeah, that's right. It was the Vikings game. It was the only one they were they were really healthy for. And oh, excuse me, I say yawn. Um, Quay not having Quay today really, really was felt as much as we've been kind of more glowing towards Isaiah McDuffie and Devondre Cam- Campbell looking more solid lately. I today they- is like so, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, just today is evidence of like just not having someone as good as Quay Walker in there. Not that yeah. he would have only been the difference. It, it could have easily been 160 yards that the Packers let up on the ground and the Steelers still getting what they want. But it just felt very like, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a very different game when Quay Walker's out there, I should just say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for what it's worth, Isaiah McDuffie and Devondre Kemba both played really well today. Devonjer Campbell played, I think, one of his best games of the season. He had he almost had a pick that went through his hands. Like he was over making tackles on the sideline. He and pressuring um Kenny Pickett outside the pocket. Like I think I thought he played really well. And I agree, just having Quay not there to to stuff a hole or to make a good um tackle on a on a run play was really problematic for them today. And there was a lot of missed tackles, like Lucas Van Ness got absolutely sunned by Jalen Warren at one point. Went to go make a tackle across his, like, basically running perpendicular to how 
Jalen Warren was, was running and he just took his arm and just shoved him and took all his momentum and sent him flying. Like, yeah, it was just, they, they had their way in the run game. Uh, Corey Ballantyne, I thought held up pretty well today. He got picked on a little bit and for all that it's worth, I thought he held up pretty well. He had that one, um, make the one play where he got beat, but that was really the only one that I was like, oof. Two, two having, pass breakouts for him. Right. There, I, I, that was the only one where I was like, oof, it sucks having a seventh round pick out there. And one that hadn't really been playing that much this year at all. Like Carrington Val, uh, Valentine been playing a lot this year, but Corey Valentine hadn't been playing a lot. And I, I think that's as good as you can kind of ask for when it comes to um, a player of his caliber. But I think Joe Barry had said at this at that one point this year, or that this week where it was such a, um, oh, what's the word? Not a, a champagne problem that they were trying to figure out where to play Razul, where to play Jair, where to play Eric Stokes when they're all healthy. And it's now quickly turned into, oh, well, now we're starting seventh round picks and Jair. <laughs> and so. Uh, if he's healthy. Right. So then Joe uh, Barry said. Well, it's only a problem of playing seventh round picks if the player's mindset is that they're playing as a seventh round pick. And I think for what it's worth, Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine haven't been playing as their their seventh round picks. I think they've had a pretty solid uh, mental mindset of we're going out there, we're getting ours, and we're going to really try to to make an impact on on this game. Which I think through through two weeks of them getting some pretty significant runtime, they have given again. It's against. Uh, Kenny Pickett and Brett Ripien. So we'll see how it comes if he can't play against, oh, geez, I don't know, the Patrick Mahomes of the world. Uh, Justin Herbert next Justin week. Justin Herbert ne- next week. Like, he ha- they have to go Justin Herbert, Jared Goff on Thanksgiving, and then uh, Patrick Mahomes. Like, this will be a this will be a rough next three weeks of the defense, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs just, or I'm sorry, not the Chiefs, the Lions just beat the Chargers today on a uh, last second field goal. Like the Lions are are good, and they're, I forget who who was their, their commentator today on that game, but they were like, oh no, it was, it was Jim Nance and Tony Romo, I think, talking about how this team could go through Bowl. It's like, let's respectively pump the brakes. It's the Lions. They have, they have to battle years of, franchise history to get there i think they can but like there's just a that's a that's a big jump jordan it's a big jump to go from nine, to go from nine and eight to then like we're talking a 2010 packers jump right they might be there they might be there and that's and that's the fun part about it but the point as it comes to the Packers is that this next three weeks is going to be hard because yeah, they have the receivers a, to really gauntlet. make their lives hard. Yeah, it's a gauntlet. It's going to be the toughest part of the schedule for sure the rest of the way. I Which, thought Keyshawn, Keyshawn Nixon uh, also, just to throw it in there, I thought he did a pretty good job today. At he, least had his... some, he had some lapses I wasn't a huge fan of. But I think for all intents and purposes, he played fine. He played fine. And it, again, as much as we can look at the missed opportunities and on the offensive side, just that pick that he, I thought, I I thought it was clean. he sold it really well. He did sell it really well, but um, 
that would have been such a game changer and it kind of more, but I thought for what we saw and to your point where I'm looking at Kenny Pickett's passing chart right now. And it's like, it's all stuff that's easy throws closer to the out of bounds than making risky throws. He's not a Jordan love type. <laughs> he's, he's a, a good game manager does what he can obviously has put the Steelers in. I'm going to get another, this probably counts as a game winning drive game for Kenny Pickett in some weird way. But um, yeah, I, I, he just kind of fits the mold of, of he can throw the ball capably and put the, or put the team in position to win and win. But I don't know. I, as it, there's nothing very exciting about what he brings, at least Jordan Love, for all his faults, and God knows there are some that he has that could make or break him, but I find him a lot more exciting than it would be with Kennard Pickett. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree on that front. So. That was a, just a tangent, but yeah. No, no, I get it. I get it. Um, Anything else regarding the defense? I don't think there's too much else that we haven't touched on. No. Uh, rushing. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I'm going to look that up while you probably close the, out this. I was going to close, but I can vamp for 15 seconds. What are you, what are you looking up? Rushing yards allowed this year. Oh, if they if it was the most? I have to imagine it was. I can't think of maybe the Detroit game. They would have had third, more yards. Third time it's been over 200. Five over 100. Yeah. So we're halfway through the year. It's not great. No, not great. So, all right. Well, if nothing else, shout out Andres Carlson for making his field goals today. Daniel Willen had some good punts. So, but all right, folks, that does it for us. We appreciate all of you listening. Uh, as always, you can find all things Eurostep Podcast Network uh, at gspn.info. Go check out uh, Jordan and Adam on Win and Six uh, as they talk Bucks, and go check out Adam or Ty and Rohan as they talk Bucks on Eurostep. Um, they'll have new episodes out this week. You can go check out Cruising for a Bruising as we talk about the uh, traitorous Craig Council, we being GSPN. The people being Adam and Andrew. Um, and then, as always, make time for this for all things movie and pop culture. So, with all that being said, folks, thank you again for listening. We'll be back uh, in your podcast feeds this Friday as a preview of the Chargers and Packers matchup on Sunday. So, thank you all for listening. And, Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.